The Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference and NASA presents How to Land a Government Job, NASA's Resume Writing Workshop and Application Tips, a Professional Development Seminar. Featuring Program Analyst for NASA, Tracy Washington. Applying for a position in the federal government might seem like a daunting task. Have no fear, NASA is here to show applicants how to create a government formatted resume, enhance an existing resume, and navigate the application site, usajobs.gov. Individuals are encouraged to bring a copy of their resume to the workshop for one-on-one -on -one critiquing. Without further delay, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference in NASA presents How to Land a Government Job, NASA's Resume Writing Workshop and Application Tips, featuring Tracy Washington. Okay, guys, we'll go ahead and get started. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> I live in Alabama, so it's a hey, y'all. <laughs> um, <clears throat> like I said, I promise I'm not paying with, uh, playing with my phone. I just want to make sure I'm cognizant of the time, so I'm going to set a little timer here for me for myself. Uh, my name is Tracy Washington. Uh, I work with NASA and Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, here to talk to you all today about federal resume writing. We'll also talk about USA Jobs a little bit there at the end. Uh, if you all have questions, I'm more than happy to answer them. If you could give me until the end of presentation, I would greatly appreciate it because I've got well, quite a good bit of information that I want to push through um, and share with you all today. Um, very, very first and foremost, uh, I consider myself a comedian, and if you'd laugh at my jokes, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, you'll, you'll hear me talk about things like dating. Um, you're like, resumes, dating, what? Uh, there's a connection, I promise. Um, no offense to anyone, you know, where, whatever you want to do, honey, date purple pigeons, I don't care. But it's just, an, you know, it's an analogy, it's a fable, okay? It's a, uh, just something to help you guys relate to what we're talking about. Um, so with all my disclaimers out of the way, let's get started. Uh, again, my name is Tracy Washington, and uh, today we'll talk about resume writing. Um, so my career, just to give you a little bit of background, uh, I've been all over the place. I've done a lot of different things. Um, but one of the things I'm most passionate about is career development and helping people to get jobs. It's just for whatever reason, my favorite thing to do. Um, I do ask for a 10% finder's fee, so if any of this helps somebody, you know, just put the check in the mail. <laughs> um, but, but I spent a lot of time working with students uh, at, at universities, um, even at the high school level, uh, working on resumes. And resumes are very interesting animals, if you will, because what tends to happen is that you come over the NASA table and they tell you, we want your resume to be this, that, and a third. And you're like, okay, great, I got it. And then you go to Boeing with that NASA resume and they're like, yeah, we're looking for something a little different. <laughs> and it gets a little bit frustrating, right? Um, so what I want to encourage you all, keep an open mind as you're listening to this information. A lot of the information that I'm sharing with you, it's universal, right? So there are some things that are going to cross over from federal resume writing over into private industry uh, resume writing. The other piece of that is it's not one size fits all. So you will have multiple resumes over the course of your career. So do not get stuck thinking that you're only gonna have one resume. You will have multiple resumes, 
Okay, so for me personally, I have a private industry resume that I use. I have a government resume that I use. They're formatted differently. I also have a resume for some of the different areas of focus that, that I, um, I would say that my talents uh, range across. So I may have a project management resume, may also have a public speaking resume, right? So you know that you're going to have multiple resumes. So just keep those things in mind. <clears throat> At any rate, uh, a resume is a summary of skills, abilities, accomplishments. It's a summary. Say it with me, summary. Summary. Okay. <laughs> I've seen some people's resumes and they're like, I'm a sophomore in college. I have a seven page resume. And I'm like, no, something, this is not how this works. It's not how any of this works. Something went terribly wrong. Uh, so just remember, it's a summary, okay? Um, it's a marketing tool. People forget that. When you walk up to someone with your resume, it's not only a first impression, right? But it is a marketing tool. So this is how you're going to sell yourself, and you have to keep that in mind. I know that sometimes writing a resume can be a pain in the tuchus, right? Because you sit down, you've got all this work experience, they're asking you all these questions, they're drawing blood, what's your social security number, what's your DNA type, ah, so many questions, right? But I'm telling you, this piece of paper or these pieces of paper, it's, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly important document. When you drop your resume off and you walk away, you've got to ensure that you've got everything in that document so that the recruiter or the hiring manager, hey, they can make their decision about whether or not you're the right next right fit for the position, okay? So keep that in mind. When you're going through and you're doing your resume, you're like, oh, this is such a pain. This is, this is how you're selling yourself, okay? So take that time. We can tell when you don't take your time, okay? I've read some resumes over the past couple of days of being here, typos, format wasn't consistent, things like that. You talk about a first impression? Okay, this person says they want a job, they're trying to make a good impression. Why didn't you take the time to get a second set of eyes, right? Or why didn't you take the time to make sure you didn't have any errors? <laughs> okay, so very important things. Uh, lastly, like I say, your resume is an ever-changing document. What that means, and this is just, uh, you know, I'll drop pearls of wisdom here uh, throughout the presentation. What that means is, and this is just my suggestion, you have a Microsoft Word document, or if you're on an Apple computer, you have your Apple document. Um, I guess there's Word on Apple now. I, I'm old school, whatever. <laughs> um, but you have your Word document, and you drop every single thing you've ever done into that Word document, okay? Drop every, every, every single thing. And that's your data dump, all right? Then what you do from there is every time you go to apply for a position, you take, hey, this is my data dump resume where it's got every, sing every single thing into it. I, I go and I take some of those tidbits from that data dump and I put them into the resume that fits. Right, so if it's my engineering, electrical engineering resume, I might make that slightly different than my, um, you know, if I'm just trying to get a retail job or whatever. Um, but I just always recommend that you have that one resume where you've got an, a Word document, whatever you want to call it, where you dump everything in there and make that a running tally, make that your running list. Because a lot of times what happens is we forget how awesome we are. I mean, I don't forget how awesome I am. It's, I remember every day. But uh, no, we really did. We forget how awesome we are, right? So we've done all this work. We spent all this time pouring into ourselves, trying to develop ourselves, trying to get better. And then we forget to put some of that stuff on our resume. 
So I also encourage you, every single time you have a new accomplishment, try to make it a habit of going into your data dump document and adding that to it, okay? Um, especially because there are times when someone's gonna say, oh, you're a great candidate for this position. Hey, send me your resume. And you're like, uh, okay. And it takes you a while because you haven't updated it. So keep that ever-changing document updated, okay? That was like three pearls of wisdom. Thank me later. Uh, so we're also talking about resume types, right? So you've got a functional resume, chronological, government resume, and combination. For the purpose of this activity, we're gonna really talk about government resumes, of course. But for sake of awareness, I want you to know that um, there are these other types of resumes out there. People have functional resumes. Basically what that means is that they group their information by function. So say I spent 15 years being a secretary. So I am going to uh, functionally design my resume to more so put an emphasis on the skills that I have as opposed to the chronology, right? And that's for, it's for di different strokes for different folks, right? So it just depends on what you're trying to do with your resume. For the most part, for everybody in here, you're probably going to go with a chronological resume. And it's, you know, contrary to the name, everything on that resume goes in reverse chronological order, okay? So definitely keep that in mind. It's a key point. Um, next, there's a combination resume that basically takes the functional resume and the uh, chronological resume, and per the name, it, it combines it, right? And so I give some dates, so I'm talking about uh, you know, the date of, of the activity or the uh, work experience, but then I also have that um, functional piece where I'm also kind of grouping by the uh, skill sets that I have, okay? So those are the different resume types. This is the fun part for me. Let's talk about common mistakes. Okay, and I, again, I like to have fun with this because here you've been, you know, going up and down the hallways all day or whatever, um, talking to people, and now you can finally stop talking, uh, but now you're sitting in silence and I don't want you to fall asleep. Uh, so uh, we have a little fun with this piece. Most common mistakes, inappropriate email address. Um, for everyone here, I'm sure you're at a university, you're at, a, you know, somebody else's job, uh, what have you. Just make sure you have a really clean, easy, uh, email address, right? And so for my college students, I used to work at uh, an institution and, and people would come in like, sweet cheeks 87. And I'm like, no, it's, that's a no. <laughs> okay, so we just don't know what some of these things mean. You don't want a recruiter to sit there trying to figure out what does bomber baby, you know, 66 mean? Like, we don't want to do all that. So we just want a very simple first name, last name, some initials, some numbers, and that's it, okay? Um, errors and misspellings, again, we kind of talked about that earlier, um, really speaks to the level of, um, of uh, attention that you've given your resume. By the time it makes it to a recruiter's hands, by the time it makes it to a hiring manager's hands, there should be no mistakes. I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, a lot of you that are institutions, you have a career services office. I used to work in it, so I know what we do. You come to us, you bring your resume, we help you, okay? That's another set of eyes. A lot of you also probably have professors that are saying, you know what, it's really important that you guys get your resumes together, so on and so. That's another person that could put a set of eyes on that resume for you, okay? Utilize those services, you're paying for them. 
<laughs> you're paying for it. So utilize those services. Um, the other piece is you've got a lot of other folks, maybe mentors. Some of you are coming to Bayer. You've got Nesby, all those kinds of things. You've got mentors in those organizations. Use those folks. Okay, that's what we're here for. Um, so by the time it makes it to us, should be no errors or misspellings. Okay, um, references available upon request. That can come off the resume at this point. Okay, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but no, it's an understood statement. If I say, hey, I'd like to give you a job. I need your references. I don't need to see the statement that says they're available upon request. If you want the job, you're going to send me your references, correct? So understood statement, you no, no longer need that. Um, inconsistent format, kind of a small thing, but it bugs me, right? For some of the more technical recruiters, they may not care. They're looking at C++ and MATLAB and JavaScript and blah, blah, blah. And I get that, right? But again, the consistency in the format, it makes it easy to read, easy to follow. Also shows me that you put some time and effort into making this thing look good. And so that's what we're, that's what we're paying attention to. If you're trying to get a job, and you bring me a document, and it's not been reviewed, it doesn't look very good, what, that, what might that say about you, right? So consider it in that context, and that's why it's so important that you make sure that this document looks really good. First impressions. Um, a common mistake, not putting accomplishments on your resume. <sighs> so I've talked to students, and I ask, okay, do you have any extracurricular activities? You know, what do you do in your spare time? especially if the GPA doesn't look so hot. Um, and they say, oh, well, yeah, I am a part of this club, and I, I do volunteer experience. I have volunteer experience, and I do this and I do that, and I'm thinking, okay, so how was I supposed to know all that? I, I don't know. Um, and that's, I think, one thing that we kind of assume sometimes. We assume that somebody kind of just magically knows what we've been doing. It sounds silly. It really is silly. Uh, we have no idea, right? So I assume if you're in college that you're participating in you know, some type of extracurricular activity, but I don't know that for sure. So all of the accomplishments, all the things that you've done, again, that's why I suggest that data dump document, put all that stuff on there. So when it comes time for you to make your resume and make it look all like, hey, I'm a hotshot, you can do that very easily, okay? But we wanna see what your accomplishments are, all right? That's really important. That helps me to know why you're a good fit for my position. Doesn't really matter what the accomplishment is. If you got honor roll, good, you're a smart kid, or you're cheating really well. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're in the extracurricular activities, it shows leadership. That's good, I need young people, I need my people to be leaders. Um, if you've got accomplishments, you were employee of the year, awesome. I, I like employees of the year. Then maybe you can be my employee of the year. Nine times out of 10, you don't go from one company to be an employee of the year in another company and then we're ready to fire you. It's not typically how people's behavior works, right? So tell me about your accomplishments. This is an opportunity to really brag on yourself, all right? So last five, let's kind of speed through these so we can get through um, to the real meat and potatoes. Some of my really, I just get so excited about resumes. It's really cheesy, but I work for NASA, so it's like, you know, it fits. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, irrelevant material. People will ask me, well, what does it mean for it to be relevant material? And I'm thinking, uh, well, <laughs> um, so let's take it very slowly, very simply. Um, when I talk about relevant material, and I'm talking about your resume, I'm saying whatever position that you're applying for, the information that you put on your document needs to relate to 
a reason, there needs to be a correlation between that information and why you're, what makes it, uh, makes you the best fit for this position, right? So if you're saying in the interest section, which I don't care for interest section, you will not see that on here. There will not be an interest section in this presentation, okay? Um, for, for someone to say, yeah, you know, in my interest section, I put that I, I go scuba diving. And I'm like, are you going to be a scuba diver instructor in this job that you're trying to get? I mean, what are we doing here? Um, and, and people are like, well, it shows that I'm well-rounded. Yeah, I don't really care about that piece of the circle. <laughs> it's not my concern, okay? Um, what I'm concerned about, and again, the relevant material, as I talked about earlier, I'm looking for some leadership activities, right? So this is what the circle looks like. Um, I'm looking for leadership activities. I'm looking for, you know, volunteer community service. That's good. I'm looking for good grades. I'm looking for some work experience. That's what's in the circle. That's what's relevant to the position that you're trying to get into. I really don't care about your interest, okay? And it's nothing personal, of course, you know? Um, your interests, though, come out in your honors and your awards, okay? So if you're in a sorority, for example, I might infer that your area of interest might be giving back to the community, and that's enough, okay? That's absolutely enough for me. So keep that in mind when we talk about what's relevant and what's irrelevant, okay? Um, lack of specificity. This is another place where people really, really um, sell themselves short on their resumes. Guys, you have to know that, again, just because you're in a field that is common, right? Electrical engineering or computer science, that doesn't mean that I know everything about the job that you were in. And I'll talk to you guys in a little bit about what's called the car model. And that'll further demonstrate why, again, you don't want to leave an open door with all of these questions, okay? So make sure you've got some specific information on your resume, particularly for government positions with Resumex, we still use that system. Um, we're looking for the details. We're looking for the depth of information that, uh, or depth of knowledge that you have. Um, and that's what determines whether or not you're a good fit for a position. So we've got to have that specific information. Common mistakes. I'm glad that guy didn't come to this resume workshop because he had his picture on his resume. We're not, we're not going to put pictures on resumes, guys. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do that. Um, I, I think it, you know everybody's kind of trying to stand out, right? And I, I understand that completely. Um, picture's not going to be it. Um, first and foremost, when you go to submit a resume into one of these systems, most often we're working with algorithms and things like that. We want just a plain text document, okay? If you throw a resume into usajobs.gov that's got a picture in it, we got problems, right? Because it's, it's like does not compute. <laughs> um, you want to make sure that document does not have anything glitzy glamour on it. And let me explain to you why also. Um, I was a hiring manager for Pathways program at Marshall Space Flight Center. Do you want to know what resumes look like when they come out of usajobs.gov? I have a PDF document that comes out. It's plain text. Everybody's aerial bold. Your aerial bold 10, your aerial bold 10, your aerial bold 10. Like nobody's standing out here. <laughs> Literally, I'm combing through like hundreds of resumes. It, it does me no good for you to have submitted a resume with a picture on it because by the time it gets to me, I don't see that. 
I don't, you know, I'm from, I, I live in Alabama and everyone's like, roll tide and all that. And then they've got like the elephant on the resume and it's like crimson accents. And I'm like, no, no, let's, no, let's not do that. Okay. So um, really, really and truly guys with the pictures and the graphics, unless you're in graphic design, that's like the only time I want you to flex your skills, okay? <laughs> That's like, I promise, the only time. Or if you want, to, you want to be a babysitter, right? And if you're like handing out your resume or something, or a storyteller, right? So there's some times when it's appropriate. But for a technical professional, I just want to see C++, Java, MATLAB, you know, like smart. <laughs> I don't want to see smart. I don't want to see your face. Okay. <laughs> so tell a friend, tell a friend. Okay. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, sometimes people's resumes are too long, too short. We talked about that just a little bit earlier. Um, listen, if you're a college student, you pretty much need to have a one page resume. If you're beyond college and you've been working in industry for years, it's okay to have a document that's more than one page. Let me just dispel the myth now about the length of the resume. The bottom line is this. You don't, because some people are like, I'm like 35 and I have a one page resume and it's just, it's not working. I know, because you've been working for like 25 years. Um, but, you know, as you get older, as you get more experience, come off that page, absolutely. But if you're in college, you don't even have a college degree, you're trying to get an engineering internship, you probably don't have a lot of experience and that's okay. So keep it on the one page, because otherwise I'm reading multiple pages of like what, right? And again, relevant information. I don't want you to have a longer resume. People are like, oh, my resume is not long enough. For who? <laughs> okay? If you don't have information on that page that's relevant to the, the question of what, you know, why am I the best fit for this position, then you don't need to have you know, a longer document. The information, the content is what's important. Okay? So I want you to keep that in mind. Content is important. Um, last piece, distortion and lies. Um, quick little story, not really a story, it's just like me telling you stuff, but you know, I'll make it quick. Uh, what happens is a lot of places, you know, Huntsville in particular, very small town, okay? We're growing, we're growing, but it's a very small town. Everybody knows everybody, right? So you might go from one industry to the next or, or one company to the next and you think, ah, I just you know, goofed off over there, whatever. I'm gonna go over here, do my thing, nobody's gonna know. Especially if you're trying to get a job with the federal government. We got super Google. My Google is way better than your Google. <laughs> so you have to know that there's a lot of things you're not going to get away from. When we call, I do reference checks. Um, I'm, I'm doing background checks. I'm looking for information to correspond with your resume. I need, you know, when I actually go and do the background check, I, I can look into a system. A, a, a system which shall be unnamed. Uh, but I can go and look in a system and see where you worked. I can see where you got a check from. That, that shows up on your credit report. Don't lie to me, right? And there's people that are like, oh yeah, I made $56,000. I'm like, doing what now? Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, you'll hear back from us, okay. You know, and so you just don't want those types of things to happen. Best thing, guys, keep it simple and, and don't tell lies. It's hard to keep up with it anyway, right? So um, that's a really common mistake. People try to like bump themselves up, I've heard of people giving awful advice and saying, you know, even if you're not really familiar with the system, just put it on your resume anyway. 
No, 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 we don't do that. The last thing you want to happen is to get to the company and they have an expectation of you to perform a certain task and, oh yeah, I know I put that on my resume, but I'm not really familiar with it. That is, that's a big mistake, okay? That's a very big mistake. So I would really strongly advise you to just be honest, all right? All right, so cardinal rules, um, do's and don'ts. Um, do's, and some of these things we've talked about just a little bit. Keep an inch margin, okay? Everybody didn't get LASIK like me, so everybody doesn't have super eyes, okay? Um, some people have this tiny, tiny font on their resume document. They've got like words out until the end of the page and they're like getting cut off. It's like, okay, I know I say keep it on a page, but let's keep this reasonable, okay? So make sure you keep that one inch margin. Proofread, of course. Limit abbreviations, all right? MDA, what does that stand for? Okay, ooh, that's one I hadn't heard. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so you've got that. You've also got muscular dystrophy association. Okay, you've also, and you're not wrong, you're not wrong, but you've also got missile defense agency. What does MDA stand for? All of those things. So if you put abbreviations in your document, I'm trying to keep it to the page, um, but you don't tell me what those abbreviations mean, then I have to assume. Now, sometimes I can assume, I see if you're a lifeguard and you've got CPR, CPR I, I get it. But for the most part, there are some abbreviations that are not the same throughout the United States, throughout the you know, globe. So it's best that you limit those abbreviations. If you use an abbreviation, make sure you put in parens what exactly it means, okay? Uh, keep the font simple, because remember, you're aerial bold, you're aerial bold, and you're aerial bold. Uh, so no need to do anything fancy with that. Uh, we want to make it easy to read, okay? Um, you can print on quality paper. Just the thing with that is I don't want cheese puff fingers, right? The Cheeto guy, I don't know if he's like got you on a late night snack. Like I don't want that on your, on your resume, okay? So you don't have to have the marble, you know, cardstock resume paper, but just make sure that it's a nice quality page and that it's easy to read. All right, and we talked about formatting earlier, remain consistent across a document. Lie to you not, guys, I've had people's resumes, they come in and it's like Times New Roman and then it's Helvetica and I used a, a bullet here but then I used check marks when I got down here. I don't care about making it cute. I don't care about that. I care about the content. What do you know and what can you offer, okay? That's the bottom line. Um, don'ts, don't include personal information. If you have kids, or, or if you like long walks on the beach, if you like anime, that's kind of cool because I like it too, but don't include that on your resume, okay? Again, your interests are not what I'm concerned about. Avoid the use of personal pronouns, no I, me, my. And we're gonna talk about how to format your document so that you do not have to use personal pronouns, okay? Um, I, would, I would say probably don't make photocopies because it doesn't always come out well, um, and that's why we have that there. You would be surprised how many documents I've received in between like small font, or like we said, doing the photocopies, it's just difficult to read. So make sure it's a clean, crisp document um, and, and that there's no difficulty. Um, the other piece is, again, don't include irrelevant information, okay? So let's dive into the resume components. Am I moving too fast? Is everybody following me? We're high energy, everybody else had a Red Bull too. All right, we're checking along, that's good, I like that. Uh, okay. So resume components, contact information, need that at the top of the document. Again, all these fancy fancies, whatever, whatever. Hey, I need to know how to contact you, very first thing. 
Uh, you can give me an objective and some or a summary statement. Really and truly, that's that's one of those ones where uh, objectives, especially for uh, college students, I can I you can leave it right. I can take it or leave it. Um, as you're getting uh, more seasoned in your profession, I do recommend a summary or a profile, right? So give me a snapshot. Again, you're giving me a snapshot because by that time, you've probably got a righteously a five-page resume. So hit me with some stuff at the beginning, you know, so that I'm enticed, draw, you know, draw me in, okay? So I want to read more, and, and then that's how that goes with the summary. Um, I will tell you again, uh, with, with the resumes, it's really, really critically important that you're including relevant information um, and that you have this thing formatted well. The research shows that you have the top quarter of your resume document, that first page, to draw the reader in and, and to captivate their interest, right? So what that means is, yeah, I could put an objective statement up there, but if I'm a college student, and it says that in the education section, um, and I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore, maybe I'm a junior, whatever, I'm probably looking for an internship, right? So there's a lot of things that I can kind of infer. So you don't necessarily need that objective, but the bottom line is you've got to have something in the top quarter of that document to get my attention, all right? Um, experience and skills, you'll want to make sure that's included in your resume. And again, honors, you know, and it, however you want to phrase it, honors and affiliations, activities and awards, what have you, all the A's, give me all the A's, okay? Um, so these are the components that we're gonna break down. Objective summary, talked about that just a little bit. Again, both of these are optional. Again, I would suggest if you have more experience, you have a longer resume, give me a summary. That's how you're gonna grab my attention at the beginning. If you are a student or maybe you have some things on your resume and you're wanting to transition into a different type of field, then an objective would be it helps to guide the reader, right? So an objective would be um, appropriate. Otherwise, if you're just kind of gonna tell me what I can see in the next like two sections of your resume, I would say leave that objective alone, right? So if you're basically gonna tell me students seeking internship in the field of electrical engineering, I'm gonna go down to your <laughs> education section and it's gonna say, I'm a sophomore pursuing degree in electrical engineering. So yeah, you're probably looking for an internship, right? Do you see where I'm going with that? And again, I'm saying these things because, not so much even for right now, but what happens is you're down the line and you're trying to keep your document to a page or maybe you're starting to drip on a page too and you've gotta use, it's called the economy of words, right? You've gotta make sure that for the amount of space that you have, you get to the point, you give me some good information and, and I can understand it. Right? So it's, it's critically important that you start to manage these sections appropriately because you only have so much space to be able to get it out. Okay? Um, you see by the examples kind of what we're looking for with the summary. Um, the objective, again, is just really telling us what you're speaking. But the summary statement, again, more, I would say, more appropriate for more of a, a, a you know, mid career professional. Um, it's giving me the opportunity to talk about myself few flowery words, um, but I've got 10 years of experience and I'm looking for a job in this field. Um, I can tell you what my experience is in. So again, that's a snapshot of my resume right there at the very beginning, okay? Uh-huh, yeah, thank you. Education. Um, this is also a very important section. Guys, first thing, if you did not finish college, wherever you started, I don't care, all right? I really don't necessarily care. But what I don't wanna see 
is that, you know, I started at University of Kentucky 2006 to 2016. No degree. <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't look very good. Um, but I want to talk about my classes that I took there. But you didn't get a degree from there. Okay. This is what the education, oh, I went backwards. This is what the education section is about. It's about degrees. Mm -hmm. It's not about where you took some classes, but I didn't finish, and then like my bird died, and then um, what happened is I tried to switch to this other college, but then they didn't accept my credits, and then I had to go to other college, and like that's what happens. That's what starts. That's what you have to start doing when you got to go down that line and explain all that. Cut it out. What I want to see in your education section is where are you going to school currently? What degree are you pursuing? Where, where are you going to school and what degree are you pursuing? When are you going to graduate? What's your GPA? And then I want to know some relevant coursework, relevant to the position that you're trying to get, not to something else. <laughs> I just want to make that clear, the position that you're trying to get into. All right. Same thing with graduate school. I want to see all of the same information, but you will include, depending on what type of degree that you're trying to get, your research um, focus area, any conferences or paper presentations you've done, and you can give me an abstract on your thesis work, okay? Or you can, and I say abstract, but I mean, give me, a little, give me a little tidbit, all right? Just give me the tagline, all right? So that's some information that you can include in the um, education section as you're working on your graduate degree. Um, one of the things that I wanna remind you, uh, especially if you're in college and you're just you know, kind of moving on up, it's okay for you to have your high school information on there at first. Um, come sophomore year, you want to roll that high school information off. That includes extracurricular activities as well. It's so funny how we hold on to things because I have people that are like juniors in, in college and they're like, but I was the robotics champ in, in high school. And I'm like, that's cool. That was like five years ago, <laughs> right? So, so make sure you're keeping it fresh, okay? Give me good information. Again, that's relevant. Five years ago, there were different iPhones out for crying out loud. We got a whole new cool iPhone, even though Android's probably light years ahead of us. Whatever, I, I love my iPhone. But you know what I'm saying? That's, that's a, a, good, a good bit of time, okay, where things change. So make sure that you're keeping your resume, resume current and that you're staying current with things as well. You're listening to How to Land a Government Job. NASA's Resume Writing Workshop and Application Tips, a professional development seminar featuring Tracy Washington, brought to you by the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference and NASA, where we stand at the intersection of America's future. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Twitter. All right, experience. In your experience section, these are the things I always want to see. I need your employer's name. I need, okay, emphasis on I need. I need your employer's name, city and state of employment, the employment dates, federal government resume. Again, remember, this is federal government resume. I'm going to ask for your salary. I want you to tell the truth. <laughs> um, I need your job title, okay? I need to know what tasks and accomplishments um, that you have from that job position, and I need to know your supervisor's name and number. And I also need to know, can I contact them? All right? Let me tell you what happens. Again, this is federal resume writing. Let me tell you what happens. We go down a resume document, 
and, 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 and it says under each piece, and you'll find this on the resume builder in USA Jobs, which I encourage you to use, okay? If you've never done a federal government resume and, and you need some assistance outside of this presentation, that's the best way to get it, okay? So I'm gonna say that one more time. USAjobs.gov, that is the website you go to to apply for federal jobs, most federal jobs, okay? Um, when you get into USA Jobs and you're going to apply for a position, they do have a resume builder. I like the resume builder. I endorse it, and here's why. It's going to give you all the sections. So if you're feverishly writing and you're like, oh, she flipped slides, okay? It's going to give you all the sections that you need to complete for each piece of your work experience, okay? It will not allow you to progress to the next page until you give it all the information. So that's nice, because it's kind of fail-proof. Okay, so there's that. So each of those sections of work experience, there will be a place that says, give me your supervisor's name and their phone number and can I contact them? Problems. When I go and I look at someone's resume and I'm looking at their work experience and it's like, okay to contact, no, okay to contact, no, okay to contact, no, mm. Mm. what's going on? Why can't I contact your previous employer? What did you do? That's the first question we have, right? <laughs> it really is. Hiring managers, managers, first question they're like, what did you do? You did something, what did you do? Okay, because there's no reason in the world, well, I don't wanna say no reason in the world. There's, we can talk, right? There's not a whole lot of reasons why you go down the resume document, especially if you've got a lot of work experience, and that there's all these okay, no to consent, all right? Here's the thing, you've got some space on there, you need to write a little note, this person doesn't work there anymore, they consolidated offices, they moved somewhere else. All of those things are understandable, okay? I get it. But not for every single job, right? What, here's, here's what's acceptable. So your current job, you're like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> We might be, some of us might be in that position right now, um, but not me. But uh, <laughs> I didn't want that to be like, they're going over to the NASA table like she says, she didn't want to be here anymore. But, um, but no, so not me. But, but you know, you might be like, hey, I, I can't see in this place. I got to blow this popsicle joint. Totally get it. So when you go to fill out your application, you say no to consent. Right? Because you're like, don't call my boss, please, because they don't know I'm trying to go. I get that. We get that. All right? So that first one, it's a, we'll give it to you. You can have it. Okay? The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. Ooh, that doesn't look good. Okay? So here's something. This is, this is I'm going to give you a little sneak sneak. Um, what I encourage people to do, if you have a situation, all right? We done all had some situations. Okay, and if you haven't had one yet, you're gonna have one, right? <laughs> you're gonna have a situation, okay? Um, what I encourage you to do is get somebody in a line of reporting. They may not be your direct supervisor. Get a senior level person, uh, um, even a ment like an official mentor in your organization, something to that effect. Have that backup person that can speak to, they can vouch for you. This is the position that they were in, this is the work that they did, I've signed their time card, that kind of thing, right? So an acting manager is a good person, right? If your manager's out, who's second in command, okay? That's a good person to use, all right? 
even if it's someone from the human resources office, go ahead and put them down. That person's better than not having anybody, okay? And oftentimes that person's better than putting the person in there that hates your guts, okay? Because that happens sometimes. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the car model. And I just want to make sure because we'll to, ooh, look, I'm doing good today because we have until 4.30, but I want to give time for questions, okay? So I'm going to talk about the car model. It's pretty, I don't want to say basic, if you will, but, but it is. Um, I want to talk about the car model and, and again, show you guys kind of an example and then give you all the opportunity to uh, ask questions. So car model, I love this. Has anybody ever heard of the star model? We run at NASA. <laughs> uh, kidding. Well, sometimes we do run. Uh, but anyway, star model. So you're familiar. Car model, same type of thing. If you're not familiar with star model, when you go to do a, a behavioral interview, okay? So asking questions, tell me about a time when. Tell me, what, tell me about a time when you had to deal with a difficult person. Every single day of my life and my job, right? Um, so tell me about a time. Those are behavioral questions, right? I'm trying to see what was your past behavior because it's an indicator of your future behavior. In that model, we're asking you to answer the question, okay, using STAR. What was the situation? What was the task? What were your actions? What was the result? Same thing here with CAR. And I want you all to think about your work experience. Think, <laughs> dropping pearls of wisdom today. I want you to think about this CAR model when you're talking about your job too, okay? I'm hooking you guys up, all right? This is how you get a job. Not just have it in your resume, but be able to talk in the car model as well. Because a lot of times people come to me and they're like, yeah, I did some stuff and you know, it was a good internship. And I'm like, yeah, you did some stuff. That's so cool. Like you did some stuff, bro? Like, no, talk to me, okay? Get it together and talk to me. And I understand that this is not really taught. Who's, who's learned this in school? Anybody learn about car model in school? Big old nope, right? You're not taught how to do this resume stuff. And it's not innate, all right? Especially when you've got all those companies on the career fair floor, and most of them want a little bit something different at the very least. Nobody's teaching you how to do this, okay? So I'm encouraging you, use this on your resume, but then also be able to talk it. This is going to help you to do an elevator speech. Okay, because it's the formatting of it. We are very simple people, all right? Um, a, B, C, it's easy as one, two, three. Like we like rhyming things, okay? Uh, things to help us, uh, what is it, mnemonic devices? Things to help us to remember things. When we're studying, that's what we use, all right? So, um, but yeah, we're really, really simple, man. So when you're talking to me, and I've got all these other people that are gonna come up and talk to me as well, could you say something that makes sense? Simple request, okay? So you've gotta have, you've gotta have some time to yourself where you go through your resume document and you're able to talk it very well, okay? I, I, I've got 100 more kids back here that wanna talk to me, 100 more people. So I need you to tell me what you need to tell me, make it snappy, <laughs> for lack of better words, okay? So that I can make a decision and move on. And that's the bottom line, that's the quick and dirty. I know it sounds harsh, but it's the truth of the matter, right? We have a lot of people to talk to. We got two days, it's a lot of talking, <laughs> okay? So, so be the kid, be the, the professional that stands out by clearly articulating what it is that you've done, 
Now, and I'm going to say this too, as a technical professional, for, for years and years and years and years and years and years, it was okay for you to be a grade A student and not be able to have conversations with people. It was like, we're going to give him his widget to tighten. We're going to give her her widget to tighten and send her off into the office. And she's going to come back and all the widgets are going to be like Rubik's Cube, all the colors on the right side lined up. And that's all I want. That's not the case anymore. We want electrical engineers. We want computer scientists. We want rocket scientists that can engage during a meeting. <laughs> we, we want people that can have good conversations. I need a team player. I need somebody who knows how to talk to people. I, I, mean, I want somebody who has people skills, right? So this is going to help you with some of that, all right? So that's why I'm really harping in on this point, all right? So what is the CAR model? Again, it's like STAR. Give me your challenge, task, project, or situation. Talk to me about the actions that you took to resolve the challenge, okay? Talk to me about your skills and the knowledge used, and then give me specific outcomes and results, okay? What does that look like? Here's what, and, and listen, I, I like to play games, you know, not with my money, but, you know, in stuff like this, okay? So challenge. Listen, I know I'm willing to put money on it. How many of you guys have a resume that says, worked on company's campaign? I will, I will throw my shoe at y'all. Tell me, what's on your resume? Does it say, do you have bullet points that look like this? Worked on company's campaign. Don't be shy. Tell, tell mom the truth. Come on now. Yep, there's the hand. There's some more hands. You just don't want to put them up. I already know what's up. I already know. Okay? This is what I see on a daily basis. Worked on company's campaign. Uh, answered telephones. Oh, well, good job, Buttercup. What does that tell me? doesn't tell me anything. So we take the car model. This is the first part of it. This was the challenge. We're going to use action words, right? So I, I, I managed something, I measured something, supported, designed, tested, research. Again, I'm saying I as I'm talking to you, but this is how you avoid the use of personal pronouns. Use these strong action words. Actions mean a lot, okay? So I can infer some things. If you um, researched, okay, we got something with that. If you managed something, okay, okay. If you were responsible for something, right, we get the flow. Actions, give me the results. That's another thing that you're missing. Come on, show me your hand. I know you're missing it. I know you're missing it. Thank you for being honest, finally. Okay, you're missing the result. And here's the thing. How many people have been to the DMV and is somebody there just collecting a check, right? Like literally you come up in line and they're like, it's closed, <laughs> right? McDonald's, the shake machine is down. Come on, everybody's somewhere just collecting a check. All right, I know that. I wanna know what was the result of the work that you did. Why is it important that you did this work? That tells me a lot, okay? So here's the action statement. Design and implemented new international campaign resulting in 28% increase in revenue. Bazinga, <laughs> okay? Way better than worked on companies campaign. And what happens is y'all think that's sufficient. And maybe, maybe not you, this intellectual bunch. I mean, I know you guys are like perfect, right? But, but some folks think that's okay. That challenge statement is okay. And then they're wondering, well, I, I can't get a job. I bet you can't, Sherlock. <laughs> Here's the thing. That action statement tells me what I need to know. 
It tells me what your responsibility was. Look at the scope of that. We went from the company's campaign to a new international campaign. Look at the implications of that. If it's an international campaign, you might have to be aware of business practices or, or um, things that are, are offensive or aren't offensive in other countries. That's big, right? That's something we can work with. That's an international business component versus worked on companies campaign. Then you want to come to my booth telling me, well, um, I worked on a campaign, but it was an international campaign and I speak 12 different languages and none of that's on your resume. I'm like, next please. <laughs> okay, I need this information. This is what I'm talking about with specifics. Okay, then some people come back to me and they say, well, Tracy, that sounds good, but I work in a, in a type of job or an industry or whatever where I don't increase revenue. I get that, but you gotta do something to earn your keep, right? So do you decrease the amount of incident tickets? Do you ensure safety? Do you help to reduce accidents? Do you help to increase um, uh, traffic to a website? What is it that you're actually doing? And then if you don't have that to put in, then you really need a new job because what are you doing, <laughs> right? But you should always have this that you can take your information, your work experience and format it in this way, okay? So a couple more things and then we're gonna move on to questions. Skills, again, you can take your skills and incorporate that, those skills into the car model. So I'm talking about my challenge. I'm talking about this international campaign. I'm talking about how I designed and supported something or how I tested this particular system. Um, I designed these flyers using this system, right? Or this program. You can do that in the car model. So it's cool to list it, right? But if I'm a hiring manager, I wanna know how do you use it, okay? It's like I, I like I have a nice new gun. That's great. Do you know do you know how to use it? Right? I own a boat. Do you know how to drive it? <laughs> okay? So it sounds good to list all that stuff out, but really as a manager and when you apply to federal jobs and that resume system, we're looking for the depth. Okay? Not just the keyword. For years and years and years, I remember people were putting, it's like we laugh at ourselves. It's like, what, what did we wear in the 90s? It was so offensive, right? But like with resumes, back in the day, we used to have that keyword section. Remember? Everybody's like, then what? <laughs> anyway, so there was a keyword section. And we had those big, bold black letters. And we had all those keywords just listed out there, right? Not anymore. That doesn't work anymore. I don't want you to just throw a bunch of terminology at me. I wanna know how did you use it, okay? And you can see that right there in the example. That's what we're looking for, okay? It takes the guesswork out of it. It makes me happy because you're telling me what I want to know. I wanna know how you use this because it helps me to see if you used it at your job in a similar way that I'm going to have you to use it in my job. We're not telling you to do this stuff for not. It's a reason. Okay, training and certification, also an important section. Okay, also an important section because I wanna know you're working on yourself. Okay, so what training are you doing? What certifications do you have? That's also important for the job that you're trying to get into, okay? Activities and awards. 
give me, you know, whatever college awards or activities you're doing. I reviewed a resume earlier and the student was, I think, like a sophomore in college and he still had all this high school stuff on there and his GPA wasn't that good. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's what we ask. That's the question, right? What are you doing? It's like, mommy, like, what are you doing? <laughs> because your GPA is low. You don't have any extracurricular activities. Like, what are you doing in college? Okay, you don't want anyone to ask, ask that question about you. So give some good activities and awards. I know it's rough, y'all. Guess what? I was in college too. I worked multiple jobs while I, I was grinding, okay? I worked multiple jobs in college. I also was involved in multiple extracurricular activities. Mom and dad weren't bringing groceries down to the campus. I had to scratch and survive um, from St. Louis, so we had to walk to school in the snow. I had a hard life. Okay, it's very difficult. <laughs> so, so listen, I say that to say I understand, right? I understand some of you guys have to support yourself. I understand you've got to work. I understand you've got to uh, go to school and take classes. But guess what? That's the same thing that's going to happen when you get to be a grown up. <laughs> we are preparing you for life. Okay, I've got kids. I've got to help them with their homework, <laughs> all right? And I've also got to work and I've got to make lunches and I have a husband. There's a lot going on, so I get it. But hey, you got to juggle some stuff, all right? If your GPA is a little bit low, but you've got some good extracurricular activities and, and you're, you know, you're a well-rounded person, I can see you're working a job, yeah, we can have a conversation. But you can't be unbalanced. Does that make sense? Can't be unbalanced because you can't explain that. All right. So give me recognition from your employers, um, volunteer work that you've done, um, anything included to your, in your major. Right. Listen, put IEEE on there if you're an electrical engineer. You know, be financial, pay your dues. I don't know if they pay. You have to pay dues to participate in that. Go to some meetings. I don't think they meet every single day. Right. You can fit it in. You're going to have to do this anyway in life. You're going to have to rearrange your schedule, mix and match, whatever. Get in there and get these activities under your belt, OK? Because that's what, that's what we're looking for. People ask, well, how can I stand out, blah, blah, blah. That's what we're looking for. We want some people that are well-rounded, OK? Um, so references. Uh, make sure that your reference is someone who you've actually worked with. <laughs> I, I did go as far to put actually worked with in there. Um, so. Key, key point. Um, make sure it's someone who can actually speak to the work that you've done, all right? Make sure it's a person who has a good reputation at their job, all right? Industries are small. These companies, they have ties, okay? It's six degrees of separation, literally, all right? Make sure that that person has a good reputation as best as possible, all right? Because otherwise, if I have a bad reputation, who's going to listen to me? Who's going who's gonna to come to me for my opinion about you? Right? So make sure you think about that. Thank you. Um, make sure it's someone you have a good relationship with. All right? So maybe I have somebody on my reference list, and I haven't talked to them in a while, make, and, and I've got them on a reference list. This is what you need to do. Okay? Because again, I know nobody's telling you this. I know it because I hear these things. They happen all the time. Somebody's like, oh, I haven't talked to John in like six years. Thanks for letting me know. Right? So you need to stay in contact with your references. If you're going to go put out an application, what I want you to do is say, hey, Nancy, remember me? I'm John. Good talking to you, Nancy. How you doing? How are the kids? Great. Um, I applied for a job, and you're still listed as a reference. Are you OK with that? 
Can I send you my updated resume so you know what's going on with me? Okay, that's what I want you to do. You've got to do that. Don't pull back Nancy from 1999 and expect Nancy to know what's going on. Nancy might have a different phone number, okay? So you guys stay up to date with that information, all right? Um, know your goals. That person needs to know your goals and can speak to your competencies. When I get on the phone with someone and I'm, I'm doing a reference check, it feels like it's just your friend. If they can't tell me anything about the caliber of your work, your attributes that make you a good candidate, those kinds of things. All right, so it's fine to have some personal references that can speak to your character and who you are as a person. But I also need some professional references that can speak to the work, okay? Because you're trying to get a job, not a boyfriend or girlfriend, <laughs> okay? So it's a whole different kind of ball game there, all right? Voila, this is the last slide. Okay, I have a great singing voice, compliment me later. All right, USA Jobs in your resume. I wanna go through some things really quick, um, kind of round off here, uh, the presentation. You guys have been a great audience. Um, things about USA Jobs. First and foremost, it could be a booger, okay? It could be a, yeah, he's, you've touched it, right? <laughs> it could be a booger, it's a sticky booger. Um, you just gotta know how to maneuver through it, okay? First thing, you can store up to five resumes on your profile, okay? He's, he's like, I learned something today, okay? It has a resume builder. We talked about that earlier. If you've never applied before for a federal job, I strongly suggest that you start by using the resume builder. Again, aerial bold, aerial bold, aerial bold. Plain text document, okay? That's what I'm looking for. Emphasize your relevant, we used to call them KSAs, we don't hear the terminology so much anymore, but um, emphasize the relevant knowledge, skills, and ability. Abilities, I should say, all right? Emphasize those things on your resume document because again, that's what we're looking for. Um, read the directions carefully, all right? That includes eligibility, what makes me eligible for this position, the deadline, and the required documents. Number one mistake job applicants make, they don't read, okay? I say this with great emphasis because even the brightest folks that go to apply for jobs at NASA do not read. We are in a skimming society right now. We've got all these eye pop-ups <laughs> on your phone, it's on your watch, it's in your glasses. I mean, we got all these pop-ups and all these quick little taglines and people are reading like, I, I've seen now in documents where it says, uh, this article is a quick two minute read it's a three minute read, it's a four minute read. Most people don't even get through those, right? So I'm telling you what I know, you guys, you've got to read these announcements very carefully. My suggestion to you, go into USA Jobs, print out that job announcement, take your highlighter, highlight all the key things in that job announcement. Make sure you check them off as you're going to apply for the position in order to ensure that you're not missing anything. I do it myself, okay? So I'm not just saying you imbecile, you've got to take a highlighter and you've got to go through the document. I do it myself. I recommend it to everyone, okay? Strongly suggest that. Um, again, be honest, be accurate, and you can view your application status in usajobs.gov. Before you go and call people, 
before you send emails, read. Okay, let me tell you why that's important. Last quick story, okay? I promise, see, best wishes, last quick story. Okay, um, and then I'll open up the floor for questions. I have had people to apply for positions in USA Jobs, right? And then my name's listed down there because I'm the hiring manager person or whatever. And so they come back and they, after getting some type of email that says you were not selected for the position, it says like the terminology is probably you're not qualified, you're not a qualified candidate. And people take that thing personally, right? I am highly qualified as a candidate and blah, 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 blah. And I've had people to call, I've had people to send emails, and I think, well, number one, did you forget that I already worked for the company that you're trying to get a job for? Did you forget that? I think you did. Um, I, this is a precautionary tale. I, I say these things because number one, uh, mind your manners, okay? Um, and that's for everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're older or younger, seasoned, not seasoned, mind your manners. As a human resources professional, I never appreciated it when people talk to me crazy, okay? And that's the best way I can put it because I get to decide whether or not you get the job. And when you email me and you call me and think you're gonna tell Miss Human Resources Professional off, you're doing yourself a disservice. Trust me, okay? Okay, okay. You're doing yourself a disservice, okay? So please keep that in mind. Remain professional at all times. Remain respectful at all times, all right? Tell a friend. I know you got some rude friends. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But seriously, tell a friend, all right? That's a very, very important piece of information, all right? Um, but with USA Jobs, like I said, I, I know it can be a booger, but some of the top things that will save you, reading that document, okay? Making sure that you're aware and that you understand what those job announcements mean, okay? If you need more help, you can go to USA Jobs, they have, you can go to YouTube, they have videos out there, okay, that talk about the job application process, that talk about resume writing and things like that. OPM.gov, Office of Personnel Management, okay, another great website to go to, they answer a lot of the questions that you might have about the federal resume um, application process, all of that, okay. So um, with that being said, guys, I had a great time. Thank you so much for your attention today. If you have any questions, you can start the line here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, so I think you made some great points there and thank you so much for your um, contributions. Uh, so here's what I would say. These are the main things about usajobs.gov slash government affairs. <laughs> um, you guys hear we had a government shutdown recently? <laughs> it's those kinds of crazy little, you know, thingies um, that make um, our lives difficult, okay? Um, similar to that piece, uh, and the point that I'm trying to make is that sometimes things happen that are out of our control, that it's different than private industry. When the, when the, the, uh, uh, administration changes, they want to go in a different direction, we've got to go in a different direction. If funding gets cut for something for some reason, we've got to go in a different direction, right? So what that means is that I might have a plan for my hiring. I say I might, I do. I have a hiring plan. 
I have a desire to get this announcement out on this date. I'm going to get through these candidates on this date or, you know, on these dates. And then I'm going to, you know, interview and I'm going to do that. I mean, there's so much to the process, right? But I'm going to interview and I'm going to get this and that done. And I'm going to make a selection by this date. Then guess what happens? People have the flu, they're out sick. I need that person to review these applications. Um, the ma manager who's hiring their daughters, uh, graduating from school, they're not gonna be here at this time in order to do the interview. So I've gotta try to get somebody else and so on and so. So that, it, it lengthens the process, okay? Um, I say those things to say, those are the kind of things that make it a longer process than what some would expect, okay? Um, as far as getting through the system itself, like I said, honestly and truly the biggest thing is reading. I know it sounds crazy, right? I, I tell people this and they're just like, I read, shut up. Well, sometimes you probably do and sometimes you don't, okay? <laughs> um, I, I'm guilty of it myself, right? Sometimes I'm going to write an email and I'm like, so what date is the event? And biggest day, it says the date of the event in the email. So, I mean, it happens to the best of us. But that's why I suggest with that application, the biggest thing is print it out. Take your highlighter, know what to look for. Okay, Tracy, what do I look for? I'll tell you really quick. You need to know when is the announcement open, when does it close? What's the hiring authority? So, sir, you said that you know a lot of people that got hired just through kind of having a face-to-face -face interview talking to people. Typically with NASA, we don't do that. But I have a center that's here today. Well, they did interviews yesterday, but I have a center who has direct hiring authority, okay? That's an important part. If you're interested in working for the government, you've got to understand these things. Go out there and research, and you can do it through opm.gov. Research hiring authorities, okay? We are different than private industry, okay? So it's a different field. So go out there and research hiring authorities and find out what it means um, for veterans' preference as a hiring authority. Find out what it means for um, uh, Schedule A, dis disabilities hiring authority, okay? Go out there and familiarize yourself with those things, and that'll better help you to understand the application process, what's involved, how you can uh, benefit from those hiring authorities, okay? So you're right, there are some people that, I know Department of Defense, Army side, they have direct hiring authority that they exercise quite often. Okay, and so that means that I can go out here to an event like this, I've got some positions I need to fill and I can do it directly. But that's often, oftentimes that's not the case for NASA. Okay, just for example, right? So, so there is some of that. Um, but just to kind of wrap up with that question, you know, read, familiarize yourself with the terminology, know what you're talking about or what the announcement is talking about and be prepared to provide all the information that we've requested. It definitely isn't impossible and I hope that I did not suggest that here, but it's definitely not impossible to get a government job. You just have to know what you're up against, okay? And again, that federal resume is incredibly important, incredibly important to give information about what it is you've done, how you've done it, uh, what tools you've used, what a accomplishments you've made, all of those types of things, okay? Great question. Yes, ma'am. Hi, my name's Olivia, and um, I have a question about the pathways application. Mm -hmm. So when I interned at Johnson Space Center, they recommended that while we like uh, described our experiences, instead of using bullet points, they wanted us to write it out in a paragraph. Yes. What is generally recommended sure. across the board? Mm -hmm. 
So that's a good question. Uh, oftentimes, um, so one of the differences between my government resume and my what I would call private industry resume um, are bullet points. And so my government resume, it is a narrative format, right? So I'm more so telling a story, okay? Um, with that format, um, I don't have like I don't have any bullet points really, unless it's in my um, unless it's in my honors and activities section. So I would recommend that you do a narrative format. You can use bullet points, but again, we're looking at uh, resume writing in the resume builder. And anytime you start throwing in wingdings and characters, it can throw off your application in the system. So I do recommend the narrative format. Mm -hmm. And the car model helps you with that narrative format. It all fits in perfectly. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Good questions. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Very good questions, guys. Um, thank you for your feedback and, and, and uh, the opportunity to answer those questions. So what I would suggest to you, um, because at that point, you know, you're pretty much a professional, right? Um, I would say with your resume, as soon as you kind of get that first job, you can take some of your information off, right? Um, I don't really need to see your GPA anymore at that point. A lot of the positions where it's like we're hiring, you know, full-time jobs, we're not so much concerned about GPA as long as you didn't like fail, <laughs> okay? And that's with most companies, I would say, right? Not so much concerned with, with the GPA at that point. We're more so looking at your experience. Now, if this is like your first job right out of college, if it's an entry-level position, some companies may have that GPA stipulation where they want you to have XYZ or higher. But for the most part, when people are hiring full-time jobs, we're more so looking for the degree element. What is your degree in? What experience or internships might you have had? You know, what extracurriculars do you have that make you an asset to this position? Um, so that's that. Um, with the actual activities, I would suggest to you as you grow as a professional that you continue to develop yourself. And so um, even when you get into the workplace, there are advocacy groups within your workplace. There are committees that you can be a part of within your workplace. Participate in those things, right? Show your job, you're a team player, you're interested in just getting a check, you know, that kind of thing, and participate in some of those activities and start to put those on your resume as well. Some of those might be Toastmasters, some of them might be the, um, you know, we have, we have a, um, uh, committee that does all of our um, history programs. So if it's Black History Month or Hispanic History Month or whatever, we have a group of people that put together those activities. So those are good things to put on your resume. But definitely continue to grow. That's the biggest thing. Um, I would say in terms of when to kind of, to kind of take something off, if it's been uh, more than four or five years, go ahead and let it go. Okay? No problem. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much again. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Right. So um, a lot of times the position will be, the, the position uh, in the announcement, it will specify what we're looking for. Okay, if we're looking for somebody who has a PhD, that's it. 
I mean, we're going to tell you, right? If it doesn't specify a type of degree or if it says at minimum you should have a, you know, bachelor's degree, um, then in that situation, I would say the best way you can stand out is to have a strong resume. And I know that sounds crazy because you're like, that doesn't help me. Yes, it does. There are a lot of people out here that do not have a good resume. They have really good work experience. They're really great people, but they do not have really great resumes. I talk to people all the time that cannot get jobs, not because they're not great workers, not because they're not even the best fit for the job, but because they didn't know how to format their resume. So that's a really, really big thing. I would say the other piece is um, you just have to know as much as you can about the position. So read that job announcement in detail, highlight the important things in there. Um, just know what they're looking for. A lot of times they are, they're telling you what they're looking for, right? Um, you know, just do the best that you can to be a well-rounded person. Have those extracurricular activities continue to grow. Um, ensure that you're doing well in your work, that you're really describing your work. And, and that's just about it. That's about the best that I can tell you. It is kind of hard to stand out, right? Um, if you think about how many people are here now for this conference, it is kind of difficult to figure out how do I stand out among like hundreds of applicants. But the bottom line is, especially if you're in college, for example, we're looking at GPA, okay? We're looking at, um, you know, what uh, major you have. I mean, there are a lot of discriminants, if you will, that we might look at. And it's, again, it's gonna tell you that in the job application. As you get older and, and you're applying for these different opportunities, it's just really gonna be about the experience that you have. Um, you know, and, and again, I can't say enough that you've gotta get past that computer. That's the biggest thing. You don't, I don't worry about so much the people. The people are way down the line. I'm worried about getting that, making through the first, second, third cut on the computer. And that's, that's where a lot of people fail. They do not make it through the computer system because they got wing deans and bats on their, on their resume or they haven't given me enough detail about the work that they've done or they didn't answer a question properly. Those supplemental questions in, in, in the application process on usajobs.gov will get you every time if you're not careful. Make sure you're carefully reading the question and carefully selecting your answer. And that's the best that I can tell you, okay? All right, well guys, thanks so much again for uh, the opportunity to be here today and uh, best wishes to everyone. Thank you for listening to How to Land a Government Job, NASA's Resume Writing Workshop and Application Tips, a professional development seminar presented by NASA featuring program analyst for NASA, Tracy Washington. If you've enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.baya.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.